Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. If I died right now, you guys, I want you all to know, you tell everybody that she died. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Wow. What a week it's been. What a week it has been. I feel like usually you guys, you know, a little peek behind the curtain. I usually don't start. I'm like very particular about like what news I talk about on Monday because I have to be very conscious as somebody who likes podcasts. Like I know that you guys don't want to listen to the same story on the five podcasts or more that you listen to, right? So I try to be very, you know, to quote Katie Maloney, judicious with the things that I talk about. So I usually keep things to like news items from Thursday to Sunday to talk about on Monday because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you probably already heard that shit however many times, right? But I can't do that this week. There is so much going on And I know that there's like one thing in particular that uh, several of you guys have told me that you want me to talk about. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But there's so much else going on. Let's just start at the beginning with Jen Shaw. Monday morning. I'm like, you know, I have my little morning routine depending on what's going on for me work wise. But usually Mondays I'm like, it's a little bit easier for me. But I was really feeling like I need to unplug, okay? It's a Monday morning. I was feeling good. I'm like, okay, there are things that I could do. Like, let me just take this time to unplug. Nothing's happening. It's Monday morning. It's 1029. Let me just look on Twitter real quick. Oh, what's that? Jen Shaw has changed her plea and she's in the court right now and they're about to talk about it. 
Well, goddamn. Okay, I guess I gotta turn around. So, I just, like, cannot believe this. Um, if you guys don't know, this was supposed to go down. Her trial was supposed to go down July 18th for, uh, you know, wire fraud, telemarketing scamming, um, you know, targeting the elderly and otherwise vulnerable. And uh, she has been maintaining her innocence throughout all of this. Like, from the minute she got arrested, as soon as she could get her phone back in her hand, she was hashtag Shaw Squad, hashtag um, I'm innocent, you know, posting videos of her with uh, Akon's locked up playing, you know, things like that. And the whole speech at the reunion that she's giving about how I... I'm going to be fighting not only for myself, but for the people who are genuinely innocent, but don't have the resources and means that I have to get themselves out of it. I'm going to take a stand and I'm going to do this justice for me. You know, we're going to get out of this. (sighs) And then five days, a week before her trial, she walks in and what is according to some people on her cast, a pre-trial meeting, uh, more on that in a second, uh, she decides to change her plea at the literally like a minute before they were about to, um, you know, swear in for, I don't know how court works. I don't know whatever they were going to do when the judge sashays in and they, they talk about business. Right. Uh, so for her to admit to the things that she admitted, like I, I'm shocked. So because of her guilty plea, she obviously is not going to have to go to trial. Um, So she was in this hearing charged with one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud in connection with telemarketing. So she faces a maximum of up to 30 years in prison. But I think these might be um, for other charges because she in this hearing said that she will not appeal her um, case so long as the judge gives her 168 months, AKA 14 years or less on this charge. Her lawyer has come out to say that Jen is a good woman who crossed the line. Okay. She accepts full responsibility for her actions and she deeply apologizes to all who have been harmed. And Michelle is also sorry for disappointing her husband, children, family, friends, and supporters. Jen pled guilty because she wants to pay her debt to society and put this ordeal behind her and her family. So here's the thing about that. Like, like I said, she's been maintaining her innocence the entire time. So when you're having this conversation with the judge, just like, tell me how the math maths, right? So Judge Stein says, in this agreement, you've agreed to not appeal if I sentence you to 168 months in prison or fewer. Jen says, yes, your honor. The judge says, and if you, agree, you have agreed to forfeit $6 million and restitution of $9 million. Yes, your honor. Misha, what did you do? Jen says, wire fraud, offering services with little to no value. We use interstate telephones and emails. I knew many of the purchasers were over the age of 55. I am so sorry. Judge Stein says, what is the reason they bought? She says, misrepresentations regarding the value of the product or service of which it had little to none. The judge asks, did you know it was wrong and illegal? And Jen says, yes, your honor. So, okay. I mean, I... To quote Beyonce, don't know much about algebra, but I do know that that is like 
on one side of the spectrum and what she's been saying all leading up to this is on the entire other side. Okay. So things aren't really adding up to me. Um, I just wonder, like, what did she think was going to happen? Did she think that like, she was going to like positive mental attitude PMA her way out of this and just be like, wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, I am innocent. I am going to be exonerated of these airtight federal charges against me for which my um, friend, assistant and co-conspirator is going to be serving prison time for. I'm going to somehow get out of that. Now, what really gags me is the fact that Miss Ma'am was in the city with none other than Heather Gay and Meredith Marks for some reason. They've become like the new De- uh, Destiny's Child, Charlie's Angels, or whatever. I- Tell me the- how that happened. I'd love to know. But they were in New York, you know, doing sex in the city and all over at the High Line and doing whatever, taking selfies on the rooftop, having a Heather Gay old time. And all of a sudden, their friend, <laughs> the following day, hours since they last were hanging out with each other, they think she's going into a pretrial meeting like, oh, this is just like run of the mill because I have a, my actual court date uh, the following week. And then she just like totally switches up. Apparently they had no idea. And this really speaks to like, that bitch is devious. Okay. Like, how do you, I have been telling you guys, like, I am not built for jail. Okay. I'm not. (laughs) I will cry immediately. The thought of even being in the back of a cop car, handcuffed, like I'm, you know, the picture of Paris Hilton when she had to go to jail, like that would be me just sobbing, tears, blue faced, cannot believe we're met. Like I would never, I would never. Um, I talk a lot of shit, but like, I don't want to go to jail. I can't do that. I can't do it. So the fact that she is able and has been able to, um, you know, just walk into any designer and be like, I'll buy your whole spring and summer collection. Um, just completely, um, try to get people into her innocence and, uh, you know, make these grandstanding speeches about it and trying to bring like social justice and all of that into it. And, and I'm innocent. You're bringing your kids into it. Your son's now in it. Your mama who's paying your bills to fight your lawyer, to pay your lawyer's fees, dipping into her savings to do, to help you because she so believes in your innocence that you convinced her of. You're going onto concert stages and twerking next to Lotto, big Lotto. And like, <laughs> you're hanging out with your girls with not a care in the world. And they don't even know that you're about to go into court the following day to change your plea and like, basically, you know, prepare to go to prison for God knows how many years. Like, how is she able to compartmentalize? That's wild. Like, really think about that. That's like, and I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about Tristan Thompson and like how diabolical he is. He's a a devious bitch himself, maybe, you know, top three in Hollywood. But just to think about like how you're able to do that, the mind is a really powerful thing, you guys. Like I would have been in like 
<laughs> in my closet with, you know, a, I don't even know, like, like a bottle of skinny girl margarita and, you know, some Casamigo. Like it, it would, I would have been crying. I probably would have peed my pants at some point. I, like, I, I just would have been like incapacitated. Like how, how does she do that? gallivanting around New York with your girlfriends and then being like, well, <laughs> I'm going to flip everybody's. I don't know how she's able to do that. That's wild, really wild. And you know what? For me, this is what I live for. Okay. <laughs> this is what I live for in reality TV where, you know, something big happened. And now we're going to get to watch season three, just watching this woman be a complete liar and totally delusional and acting like her life is, you know, I, I'm just like dying to see all her behavior in the following season because it's going to be so interesting to watch in hindsight, knowing what we know now. I cannot wait. I can't wait. And you guys calling for uh, uh, the... Uh, <laughs> I can't speak calling for Salt Lake to be canceled because she's going to prison. Like, are you guys okay? Are you guys okay? I really didn't realize how much I had avoided housewives Twitter until like last week, the stuff with all Kyle and stuff. Ooh, I'm, I'm like a Twitter girl. That's my favorite social media, but like, damn housewives Twitter is something it's like, it's giving Nicki Minaj Twitter, like, and if you know, you know, like, it's just unsafe. Um, it feels very strange. I feel like there's a lot of emotions attached to things that don't need to have emotions attached to it. And um, a lot of, like, people trying to read people and they can't. And it's all just very sad for me. So, you know, I'm just going to stick on my corner of Twitter and, you know, you guys that follow me and that I follow are safe, but the rest of you, like, need to get some air, really. But to wrap this story up, I just want to... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Mary Cosby, I'm, you know, hot take. Some of you guys aren't going to want to hear this, so you might want to earmuffs it. I'm, we're going to miss Mary. We are. We're going to miss Mary. She went on Instagram in, like, a quick post and delete, said... So, had the nerve to go on Instagram stories and say, uh, black screen, thou shalt not steal. Shaw scamming, S-H-A-S, not S-H-A-H. Shaw scamming, hashtag prayers answered, hashtag God's favorite, hashtag guilty, prayer hands. <laughs> I mean, you never know what's going to come out of Mary Cosby's mouth. And like, you know, most of it's bad, but... <laughs> Some of it's stuff like that, which is also not good, but it's very funny. You can't say that you didn't laugh. All right, let's get to the next story. A story that shocked everybody and just completely overwhelmed the system for living La Vida Loca jokes. Um, Ricky Martin has been accused by a nephew of... Um, uh, being involved in a seven month relationship. And when said relationship was ended by the nephew, um, he then accused Ricky of stalking him, begging him to, you know, reinstate the relationship, uh, reaching out to him, etc. So this is actually a story that has been 
been on my radar for the last few weeks, but because it was so, like, no actual media had reported about it, I was just like, okay, well, this is probably just, like, internet bullshit, but now it's coming back in a big way. So, um, a few weeks ago, Ricky had a temporary straining, restraining order placed against him, um, and he... We didn't know who this was from. Like, there were... Well, I had heard rumors that it was his nephew, but I was like, okay, that really just sounds like some bullshit that somebody's making up. Uh, moving on. I don't really want to think about that. So, uh, yeah. It, at first, those were just rumors or something that had leaked, but the general... Like, what media had been talking about the restraining order just said this was a person who chose not to be named. You know, they're maintaining their privacy. Um, and then I get on Twitter and I see these rumors like, oh, it was his nephew. And I'm thinking, like I said, like, what? That's so stupid, like, and weird. That couldn't possibly be true. It's true. It's true. Well, I mean, the allegations are true. I'm not at all saying that I believe this or, uh, you know, just, let's just let that be clear. So a hearing has been set for July 21st. These uh, allegations were made in Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico takes their, uh, you know, uh, incest and abuse laws a lot more seriously than, uh, you know, the rest of the United States. So uh, he, Ricky, is facing like a maximum 50 year sentence if he is found guilty. Um, You know, Ricky obviously had to reach out and leave a statement and he says that he's never had any kind of sexual or romantic relationship with his nephew and you know unfortunately the person who made this claim is struggling with deep mental health challenges and this is according to ricky's lawyer marty singer um ricky martin has of course never been and never would be involved in any kind of sexual or romantic relationship with his nephew Uh, the idea of that is not only untrue it's disgusting agreed we're on the same page about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, like I'm believe victims all day and I'll hear anybody out. However, um, it is just in my mind, hard for me to wrap my mind around any celebrity engaging in an incestuous romantic relationship. Um, and then like chasing after that person when they're broken up with, like that would point to me as like extremely unwell behavior that I feel like probably would not have just come out of nowhere. And I feel like, you know, we would have seen the signs, right? Um, so, you know, it's also just like hard for me to conceptualize incest, you know, like I just really can't wrap my mind around why you would do that. So, um, I, that's why I just like have a hard time believing this. Um, however, there is some like interesting things going on that could probably, you know, don't have much to do with anything, but we don't really know because we don't know the full story on this. But, um, Ricky also is being sued by a manager currently that he's had off and on over the years. And she is suing him because, I guess she felt like he um, had some substance abuse issues and she really took the lead on uh, getting his career back on track. And she feels like he she's accusing him of uh, not paying her a lot of money uh, that he made, you know, because of her. And she also claimed to have saved him from a 
pretty damning allegation around, <clears throat> excuse me, 2020. Um, like I said, we don't know what that allegation is, but she makes it seem like this really could have been like a career ending situation and that she was able to like keep it out. So it just is unfortunate timing for Ricky. If the incest allegation is not true, it, it really makes it seem kind of like, oh, what is that thing? You know, it was just unfortunate timing that she's saying that there's this big secret thing that she helped save him from. And then we're hearing about a big secret thing that allegedly happened. You know, it's just like really bad timing, <laughs> I would say. Um, but okay, so a lot of people obviously had a lot of questions. So I tried to figure out it the details as much as I could. One, um, from my understanding, this is not a biological nephew. I think this is a, his stepmother's child. So there wouldn't be like a blood relation. I don't know how long his dad has been married to that woman. Um, but they do have a familial relationship. So it's still creepy. It's just like maybe a third ring of hell and not the seventh. Um, the other thing is before Ricky issued his statement, I did see some um, information, again, unconfirmed, could be rumored that this man um, uh, has kind of a history of accusing things accusing people of things, making like wild accusations, lying in, in major ways. Um, this is like sort of his MO. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Uh, I would hope that if you're accused of something that you actually did, you wouldn't throw somebody's mental health into it um, in a public statement, you know, because um, that seems, you know, uh, even more diabolical than what you actually did. But I don't know, like, I hate to just like, side with, it's not natural for me to side with the accused. But I'm having a hard time swallowing this. And, you know, if you're mad at me because of that, then, you know, I'll, I'll take it up with Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. 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 Let's get into, uh, you guys, Chloe's having another baby, something that I told you guys was going to happen, but I, you know, it always been crossing behind my back, crossing my fingers behind my back that I, my third eye had actually been wrong about that. But unfortunately, once again, you know, being right all the time doesn't feel good, you know? You know, it's like people think they want to go uh, viral on Twitter and then you find out how annoying it is. You know, it doesn't always feel good to be right 100% of the time. And this would be one of those cases. Um, so <clears throat> Chloe's um, going to be having a baby boy um, via surrogate. Do any day now could possibly already be born. We're not sure. Um, she did. Well, her people issued a statement that says, um, I don't know what it said. So, oh, okay. We can confirm True will have a sibling who was conceived in November. This is a rep for Chloe. They told E! News. Chloe is incredibly grateful to the extraordinary surrogate for such a beautiful blessing. And we'd like to ask for kindness and privacy so that Chloe can focus on her family. So a very, um, you know, Chloe-centric, leaving Tristan out of it. True is going to be having a sibling 
rather than Tristan and I are going to be, you know, having a baby, you know? Um, I mean, what is there to say? I actually think that this is very interesting that I noticed the conversation I thought really shifted with Chloe. Like I kind of thought we were all in agreement that like she had now permanently put clown makeup on herself and that's just what she wanted to do. And so that's just what we were going to let her do. Right. However, once the baby came into play, I noticed that a lot of people were like, Oh, you know, this is, um, I, I don't know, like just feeling empathy and for her in ways that I was not expecting because here's the thing. Like I said about Jen Shaw, Tristan Thompson is a devious little bitch. Okay. And the fact that the other layer or the ugly side to this, like, you know, every baby is a blessing. Like, don't get it twisted. She wanted this baby. Clearly she made the steps to have it. And like, I hope that this is like the most blessed and loved child ever. Like, let's just take, like, when I'm talking about this, let's just take the baby out of it. Okay. Like, let's just, you know, let's just all put a disclaimer on that. Um, My thing is, okay, yeah, he's a devious little bitch who, you know, we have to take out our TI-83 pluses and figure out the math because of this child, um, Theo, that he is not claiming, still will not claim, still has apparently not seen or um, given $5 for pampers or anything, like, will not acknowledge this child in any form or fashion, Um the fact that that Theo was born in December and as we heard in uh, Chloe's statement that the child, her child, her son with Tristan was conceived in November, that that man knew he had a child that really like she could have given birth at that time. However, like the, he knew He had a kid. Even if he thought that there was a chance in hell that that was not his child, he knew and was going to court and speaking to lawyers on record about the potential of there being a child fully acknowledging that within the time frame, he could have been the father. Like you knew in your mind that there was a possibility that you were having a child and you still went through with this process thinking that like what you were going to get away with it like that you wouldn't even have a conversation with her and i thought it was interesting that in the kardashian show they made mention to specifically put in the show like i can't believe this she's he's having a boy with another woman that's all Chloe wanted to do was have a boy with Tristan. <sighs> like, I, it's sick because the thing is, like, they knew, like, they had their embryos because we know Chloe has, you know, had her eggs frozen and they had gone through this process like a couple of years ago. So they knew, like, how many girls and how many, like, they intentionally had a boy and he knew. That he had a boy on the way. Like, it's sick 
that man, like, we knew that man was sick, but, like, there's genuinely something wrong with him. Like, genuinely. Like, you're laying in bed with this woman, telling her that you love her, telling her, making friends with her family, making them all believe that you're regularly going to therapy and growing and learning from your past mistakes. And it's, like, your behavior is actually, like, way worse (laughs) than before behind the scenes. Like, ugh, yuck. She threw you a birthday party and you left it to impregnate somebody. What? (laughs) Wow. So while I have a ton of empathy because, like, (sighs) I hope that if Chloe knew the entire truth, she would not have continued to have a child with this man. I do feel empathy because, like, a lot of the things that men do boil down to, like, you're not giving us a choice, right? Like, your dishonesty is leaving me without the choice of like getting myself out of a situation that might be healthier for me, you know? Um, so I do feel empathy for her on that way. However, he sucks. (laughs) He sucked. He always sucked. Your relationship started with him still actively claiming to be with his baby, his other baby mama. And you are claiming him on Instagram, but he's still living with her <clears throat> and acting like he's about to play a present father to the child that's in her stomach. Like, it, you know, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's not like any point he really displayed like good behavior. He's been bad this entire time. It's actually been worse because he's been acting better, but behaving even worse. So It's actually like three times worse (sighs) because he's pretending to be better. (laughs) It's like, I know how to act like I'm growing, but I'm actually regressing. (laughs) Like I'm making myself regress. Like that's, I I can't even conceive of that. So I'm just tired, you know? I'm just really tired, but I want to talk about something else because uh, the Kardashians were like trying to pedify all of us, P-E-T-E, like there was a a pedification that was happening that, um, you know, I think maybe people would have kept more onto if this news hadn't happened, but they were really like pushing him heavy last week with that um, teaser for the new season of Kardashians where it's simply like Kim running around at like the Met Gala or something. And she's like running around in a hotel asking Pete if he wants to take a shower and he throws his phone down on the ground. Like, yeah, let's go. Um, so there was that. And then there was the announcement that he was going to be the spokesperson for Manscaped. Okay. Um, and then there's this like interview that he has that all these pull quotes are being like made into something really wild. Like they're much bigger news than they should be. The predominant headline being that he wants to get married and have kids. Like this is shocking information. He was engaged before you guys. Also, he's like a human being who, you know, engages in heteronormative activities all the time. Is it that surprising that he wants to get married and have children? Like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Breaking news. 
Like, I want John Bernthal to break my spinal cord in three. Should I put that on my Instagram? Like, how is that news? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, duh. And then the wildest thing is yesterday I was looking through something and I think Us Weekly or E posted like a grainy faraway shot of Kim, uh, get, I guess, stepping out of a private plane or getting into one. It was like, after four long weeks, Kim Kardashian flies to Australia to see her boyfriend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, what are they doing? I feel like the more I see them, the less comfortable I am and the more confused I am. I, I just can't, my heart can't make peace of this relationship. It doesn't make sense to me. The more pictures I see of them, I'm like, mm, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm having fun still. I just, you know what I mean? I just, mm, okay. <laughs> a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Anyway, um, if anybody is interested, before we get into the uh, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip episode recap, uh, there have been a couple of Housewives news that doesn't involve anybody going to jail or being sued. Um, first things first, I talked to you guys about the casting for next season of Girls Trip, which included pairs of ladies from different franchises, obviously, but, um, the New York two were supposed to be Leah and Tinsley. However, Tinsley has dropped out because of personal reasons that had to do something with her having summer plans that she couldn't reschedule. So she dropped out of the show. <laughs> okay. Um, so Portia has been, um, uh, She's going to be taking over. Uh, are we excited about this? Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see Portia back. I don't know. 
it's hard to say because I really watched most of the episodes of her Portia's family matters or whatever. And I think if more than eight people had watched it, I believe that a lot of people would have a very different opinion of Portia <laughs> than if they liked her. Um, because that basically ruined it for me. I could not believe. Wow. I, like it wasn't just like, Ooh, this is rough. I don't want to see her with that old man. It was also just like, Oh, you guys kind of might want to watch. Like it wasn't good, but it was like, one of those shows that if you look just a little closer, you can find a lot of drama. Um, it appeared like literally nobody in Portia's universe likes her. Like, I'm talking family members, sister, cousins, not even sure about her mama, aunts, grandmother. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem like any of them actually like Portia. Um, it seems like most of the people in Portia's life are on her payroll. And I don't think they like her either, but they like the check. It just wild. Like, if I was Portia, I would be really embarrassed. Because, like, I'd be like, damn, is this how you guys really feel about me? Like... <laughs> It doesn't seem like anybody likes her. Like, I get the impression that they think she's, like, a snob, full of it, lazy. Her sister, and she, and her sister, like, seems to really resent her. Um, it's interesting. Very interesting. So, like I said, for the seven other of you who watch it, I think you would agree with me. Like, it was just odd. And to come out of that show liking Dennis, her baby daddy, whoo. Strange days. Um, so, you know, I, because I've seen it, I'm like eh, kind of hesitant. I'm kind of eh, about seeing her, but we'll see. We'll see. There were rumors that Tinsley was actually going to be filming for the Roni Legacy spinoff, but I think that has been debunked. But I would like to see her on there. I actually think, you know, like, let's talk about it. But speaking about talking about. <laughs> casting news um this is a perfect lead-in into the recap actually jill and tamra got into it in a way that is so funny to me i i <laughs> i'm con still confused and i'm still confused so out of nowhere you know jill's just on her instagram stories talking about some event that she's going to and she mentions that she uh had heard that tamra had just gotten her orange back so to speak. And Vicky was not happy about it. And so this started making the rounds. The video started making the rounds and Tamara decides to respond to forgive me. Maybe I can't remember the account, but she tweets back at them like, like, fuck you. Fuck you, Jill. You thirsty bitch. <laughs> okay. Damn. Why are you so angry, ma'am? This is why I say that Tamara has raccoon energy because it's like you're doing a lot and I'm not sure where this is came, coming from. Like I was just minding my business on the porch and here you come trying to scratch my eyes out, steal my peanuts. What's happening? Like what What was all the energy for? So then Tamara posts a video. It's like uh, basically like you guys want to know some breaking news? Uh, Jill Zarin's a thirsty fucking bitch or whatever she said. Why do we have to post that? She's stomping around her uh, kitchen screaming about how Jill's a thirsty bitch. <laughs> so then 
this leads to Jill in the car with Allie, of course. Um, like, seemingly, genuinely shook and hurt and confused. And I was like, I don't know why Tamara's so mad. I was just posting an Instagram story, repeating information that I had heard. Um, I don't know why she's so mad at me. Like, she genuinely seems scared. <laughs> oh, my God. God bless. God bless us, everyone. I think Orange County is maybe going to be good. So apparently the cast is supposed to be Emily and Gina. Okay, fine. Uh, Heather Dubrow, Tamra, Alexis. And then I heard a rumor that there's going to be another T added. But I'm not sure who other T that might be. Better not end in an Eddie. Otherwise, I'm going to burn this whole place down. Um... The only person I can think of is like Tammy Knickerbocker. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do it. Um, so thank you guys for listening. What a wild week. <sighs> yeah, the rest of the episode is a recap of the, I think maybe second to last episode of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip season two. What a fun episode that involved very little argument. Ar- 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 <laughs> argumenting argumenting why does that not sound right um very few arguments and uh, a lot of fun a lot of crotch shots from brandy which you know should be surprising to nobody so i hope you guys enjoy that thank you guys so much for listening if you're able to give me a five-star review on apple podcast or spotify i'd be really grateful that'd be really nice have a great week. You can catch me with talking about Plathville or uh, Seeking Sister Wife if you're into it. If not, I'll catch you later. Bye. I feel like I went through exactly what you're going through now. I was drinking too much. I was depressed. I was popping off and angry. No, but I don't. I don't for really, no reason. I don't really drink. Okay, I'm just, let me just say this. People are rooting for you. Yeah. People love you. And they yeah. want to see season one, two, and three, Dorinda. What they're seeing now in the house, you'll be put on pause forever if you continue this behavior. I promise. I did it. I did it first. She needs to hear this and not just be like, I love you. I love you. Yeah, we love each other. But you need to hear this before someone asks. All right, you guys. Welcome back to Bluestone Manor. Let's talk about the latest episode of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. So last we left our ladies. It was a complete shit show. I mean, I really should be doing like a chart of who was beefing with who, but we don't have time to get into it, frankly. But suffice to say... Dorinda has woken up and she's regretting the fight that she had between she and Jill, but she's still trying to wrap her mind around Brandy, which frankly, I think we all might be. Um, so Dorinda and Jill sit down and she's like, you know, honestly, I didn't even think that you were checking for me like that. Like I didn't even know that you would have felt some type of way about our relationship. Cause I didn't, Basically, like, I didn't think we were friends like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, she says the reality of her situation is that she's not really that social of a person, not like people make her out to be. And she's going to try to be more aware of them hanging out when they're back in the city. So Jill says that she's picking up on the fact that Dorinda actually is a lot less social than she is. And she's also going to try to look through things through Dorinda's perspective instead of her perspective. Uh, speaking of Brandy, Brandy's still 
very much angry at Dorinda. And uh, she says that, unlike Jill, uh, they're not going to hug it out. They're going to talk about it. So the ladies get breakfast and uh, Vicky reveals that apparently Dorinda did not stop her um, opinion giving, if you will, after they left that restaurant. And that on the way back to the house, Vicky was going through her phone Dorinda was in the row behind her and she noticed that she was on Instagram, I'm assuming, um, to say happy birthday to one of Vicky's daughters, I guess, one of her, one of his kids. And Dorinda's like, don't do it. Don't do it, Vicky, because it's going to show that you love him more than he loves you. Okay. (laughs) So Vicky says, Dorinda really likes to just cut people off. It's not her style. It's not what she does. And she's just going to keep on keeping on. So then Brandy tells Tamara and Vicky that Dorinda just can't walk in this morning like she has every other morning and act like nothing happened because last night Dorinda brought her kids into it, right? And that's her whole world and she's going to make a stand. So what's interesting to me about this is like on a deeper level, if we're going to get to a deeper level about Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, um, this really like speaks to how the ladies in the different franchises fight, right? Because Beverly Hills will dog with a bone, take one small thing, and that's three seasons, right? Um, Same with Orange County. Like, they're always circling back to the same fight, the same situation, whatever. Whereas in New York, they're very forgive and forget. Like, they're very live and let live. They will be nasty to each other. And then 15 minutes later, they're hugging it out. And, you know, it's just like nothing ever happened. So I just think it's so interesting that they're like, she can't do this. But it's like, well, Dorinda's done that. That's, that's a New York way, right? So Dorinda does come down to the table to apologize to Brandy. And I thought it was an actual genuine apology. Like, I'm so sorry, I should not have said that. But there was a lot of like, circling around things like, maybe I should have just used a different example of like, how would you feel if a loved one died and not brought your son into it? She's like, well, you did. So we got problems. But um then she tries to make it Dorinda tries to make it about how Taylor and Brandy have lingering issues with each other from the first day but Brandy tells Dorinda that has nothing to do with you like that's a fight that I'm gonna have with Taylor you know whatever you can say that maybe you should have used another example but you didn't so you need to own up to that which Dorinda does I you know as I've been telling you I'm a Dorinda apologist and the season has been really difficult for me, but I did feel a sense of like secondhand embarrassment from Dorinda before Dorinda rather, because, you know, much like I'm saying, like the women and the ladies of Real Housewives of New York will forgive and forget rather quickly. Um, it's not happening this time. And Brandy's really holding to Dor- Dorinda to account. And you can tell like on her face that she feels embarrassed. And the other thing about New York is that it's kind of like the Spider-Man meme when you heard, you know, when accusations of you drink too much have been flying around, like, let's be real. Uh, none of them really have a place to talk about about who's drinking too much. And so I think in another respect, that is sort of how they're able to forgive each other so quickly, because really none of y'all 
behave that well. Frankly, maybe all of you guys need to dry up. But um, now seeing this other group of women kind of see how Dorinda behaves, I think it's very different, you know, seeing it through other people's eyes. So in a confessional, Dorinda starts to cry and says that she's feeling sad because she had all these good intentions to uh, <clears throat> make it nice this weekend, this week, and it just didn't happen. Um, at this point, the ladies are really over Dorinda and her drinking and to the point where they don't really want to drink anymore. <laughs> but um, not Eva. Eva is our persistent lady. I love her. And she's like, hey, if, if you guys don't want to drink, that's fine. But I am going to. This might be a retreat for some of you guys, but it's a vacation for me. And I will be imbibing. Thank you very much. So the plan for this episode is they're going to go on a wine tour hosted by Phaedra and then have Christmas in September back at Bluestone Manor. So Phaedra comes downstairs during breakfast and in a confessional, she's like, you know, I'm hoping these ladies can just let the day be new and we're not going to rehash these things from a decade ago or a day ago. There's just too many bitter betties holding on to yesterday. Get over it. Change your panties. And I'm going to be stealing that. Change your panties. Everybody just change your panties. Eva tells the ladies that she would like for, you know, if today we could just not cut so below the belt, maybe we can actually, I don't know, try to have fun and get along, which very quickly turns into Vicky and Dorinda getting into it because Vicky basically feels like Dorinda has been targeting her, which I might not disagree with her about. Um... What I will disagree with Vicky about is when she said that she's not used to this behavior and like people cutting below the belt with each other, baby, girl, let's, (laughs) we've seen Orange County. We don't have to act like that hasn't happened and that you're immune to this and you're not used to this girl. The jig is up. So as the ladies are getting ready for their day, Tamara and Vicky are continuing on about how over Dorinda they are and you know, Vicky says, we just need to find some joy in some part of our day because we're all going to die. And then Vicky, because they're in a room with Vicky, Tamara, and Phaedra, and they're like, what? (laughs) How did we get here? Okay. The scene, the flashback, thank God. This is probably one of my favorite Vicky moments is (laughs) Vicky crying is, is a happy moment for me. And I, that's just my truth, right? But the scene where they go to, where they go, like Costa Rica or something, and they're going to plant these trees, and <laughs> Vicky has this emotional moment with, like, Heather or Shannon or Tamara, whoever, about how, like, the trees are going to still be there after they die, and she starts crying, and they're like, why did you go there, girl? Why did you... <laughs> we, were, we were having fun on vacation. Why are you crying about us dying and the trees being left? So if that wasn't weird enough, Vicky's like... Ladies, I just want you to know that if I were to die today, I want every one of you to tell everybody you know and everybody who knew me knew, knows me that I died sad. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, what? Tamara says she's going to put uh, Vicky died sad on her tombstone. And honestly, I couldn't think of anything uh, more appropriate. V- Vicky Gunvalson, uh, insurance lady um person who does not have sex with multiple partners and sad 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 just sad 
Jill and Taylor have a brief conversation about Taylor's need to uh, seek justice for Adrian uh, the night before. And Taylor's like, you know, I just think that I've got some issues with Taylor or with uh, Brandy and I'm just going to bury him down deep because this is my stuff. And I'm like, thank you, girl. Thank you. Leave us out of it. Uh, so Phaedra and Tamara then go for a walk and Tamara wants to get to know Phaedra a little bit better. She's been claiming that Phaedra's been really nice and zen and whatever, but she's not really giving up any information. So she asks about her man and we find out that this guy that Phaedra's been dating is, they've been in a four month long relationship. He's met uh, the prince and Mr. President. Um, He's a doctor and, you know, he's been calling her every night, encouraging her. I love you. Like really happy. Right. Um, so then, you know, they talk about the divorce and Phaedra, I don't, I guess I just don't remember this. Phaedra reveals that she and Apollo divorced twice and that the first time was because he, uh, appealed the, the judgment. So Tamara tries to ask Vicky, like, under what grounds was he able to get this appeal? Phaedra doesn't want to get into it, but you know what? TMZ did. So here's what happened. So there's an article from 2017 that Phaedra, I guess, during that year's reunion had said, she told us that uh, Apollo, uh, you know, applied for an appeal. Um, but so TMZ, according to TMZ, the judge tossed out the divorce judgment because they felt like the judge felt like it was unfair to Apollo. And the judge was also troubled by a number of things that went on in that divorce decree, including Phaedra intentionally misspelling the party's names. And that the judge was also troubled by the fact that apparently Apollo was given the impression that he would attend future divorce hearings from prison because he was in prison at the time um but that was never even an option available to him so somebody lied to him several times and he also thought that he would uh be informed about their final hearing or served with documents notifying that the divorce was final none of which happened so you know some of this does sound pretty shady on Phaedra's part but also the other side to that coin is that during their divorce Apollo got with and proposed to some other woman so to be fair to Phaedra okay if she did some shady shit which you know she probably did shady Fay is a name for a reason but also why wouldn't you just take the divorce because you're engaged to somebody else so fair point on Phaedra's end so then Tamara tries to do some um, uh, master manipulation to Phaedra. So she's like, well, you know, I've been really wanting to talk to Dorinda about her behavior, but I'm just so scared of her that I feel like she'll yell at me. And you have such a calming way. And I'm not sure if you feel like everybody else is feeling about Dorinda's behavior in the house, but I feel like she'd probably be able to listen to you more. Um so can you tell Dorinda <laughs> to like chill out of it? So Phaedra actually does do it. When they all get to the winery, Phaedra decides to tell everybody that, you know, she hopes everybody can be nice and responsible for their actions that day. And she pulled out her favorite book, which is a book of prayers. And she's like, you know, I was just gonna let the spirit guide me and open the page and just, you know, 
read the prayer to you guys and hope that it applied. So the prayer was basically about, you know, choosing, seeking the Lord, even if you're depressed or angry or disappointed. And a lot of the women en- ended up actually getting pretty emotional. I would like to know what is, what is Tamara's walk with the Lord today? Since we saw her get baptized in that pool in Orange County, what what's going on now? That's, I would really like to know the answer. And by the way, that is probably my favorite scene from Real Housewives of Orange County is Tamara getting baptized because the, the um, artistic liberties that the editors took were just so interesting to me. <laughs> it was so odd. It was so odd to see all these people gathered around, uh, you know, the... I don't know what hotels are in, in Orange County, but a nice one. Probably one that had been featured in Laguna Beach and just like watching her get baptized in a public pool. It's, it was interesting. So Phaedra does the prayer and she talks about how, you know, the fights between the housewives get pretty petty and ugly, like across the board, right? And we can use this prayer as a learning tool. And then she points to Dorinda and tells her, you know, this is a moment that you can really learn from, which Dorinda does take in stride. So Vicky then decides to do an icebreaker with the ladies by saying, we only all know each other because we were on the housewives. So why don't we just go around and talk about how we left the show? Let's talk about our departure stories. Phaedra, do you want to go first? Phaedra's like, absolutely not. I do not want to talk about it. And then she kind of does in a um, confessional. I was shocked. I was in tears almost. uh, Shout out to Nene Lakes. So she says in a confessional that her departure from Atlanta was a crock of bullshit and that there are already, there are two sides to every story. And let's just say only one side of the story was heard. So let's just time out a bit, right? Because we all remember that the general um, uh, rumors that were going on around that is that it had something to do with Carlos King, the producer. The Carlos had told Phaedra this stuff about Candy and Todd trying to like drug and assault uh, uh, Portia, and he was ba- and Phaedra was basically like the bone collector for that. And so that's been the rumor. I feel like, ooh, I'm trying to think because Carlos has a podcast now, and I feel like I've heard him address that and I'm pretty sure he was not taking responsibility but I'm sure that that is what Phaedra's trying to hint at um I don't really know if I believe it because really at the end of the day if you told then that's really on you this really is kind of a shoot the messenger sort of situation and I think another part of those allegations was that Phaedra told Candy no, Phaedra told Portia that she got that information straight from Candy. So, you know, there's another one. <sighs> I really feel like Phaedra should get her own show and not come back to Atlanta because, you know, I know that it would mean that Candy would leave. And I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Y'all want Phaedra back. And I know that. I know that. And that's like a hard road for me. Anyway, Dorinda decides decides to go next and she's like, oh, you know, you know, it was really good that I got put on pause during COVID. And Randy's like, okay, Dorinda, I feel like you're a little bit in denial about this whole pause thing. So 
another scene from last night, the, the night before that we didn't see, where uh, it's a conversation between Brandy and Dorinda. And Brandy tells her, you know, Dorinda, I love you. Um, but I kind of feel like you're now in the spot that I was in when I got fired or put on pause and I was drinking too much. I was depressed. I was going off on people. But she's like, people really like you, Dorinda. Like, they want to see the Dorinda that was there your first three seasons. And honestly, the way you're behaving now, you're going to be put on pause forever if it keeps going. And like, thank you, Brandy. Thank you. I told you guys, like, Brandy needs to be the spearhead of the People's Couch Bravo Liberty Edition. I think she has very insightful... Uh, thoughts <laughs> maybe she should come on my podcast should i do you guys want brandy on the podcast i was thinking about asking and i don't want to say because i don't want to put it out there i was thinking about asking one of the ladies from girls trip we'll see i think i'm gonna ask like right after i record this but would brandy it wasn't brandy but should brandy be another person that i reach out to sound off in the comments let me know Unfortunately, we don't hear the rest of the ladies' uh, departure stories because Vicky decides to turn it to the positive and talk about their favorite times from their, when they were on the show. Um, so Taylor, <laughs> Taylor says hers was the time that they went to Vegas. And if you guys remember, that was the scene where uh, Kyle said, you're such a fucking liar, Camille. And then they were able to get it back together and go dancing that night. Um <laughs> Brandy's impression of Camille's like club MTV robot dance moves. <clears throat> Delicious. Perfect. Tamara's favorite moment was when she got engaged to Eddie. And I really appreciated the flashback to that because remember she, <laughs> Eddie, I think told her that he didn't want to propose because uh, Tamara in like a last ditch effort to save her marriage with Simon had gotten the uh, wedding band or maybe his, initials or something tattooed on her ring finger so when he being eddie proposed to tamra she still had that band-aid from getting the tattoo removed dorinda's was when the ladies first came to bluestone manor in season seven uh vicky says hers is surprising michael at college which you know might be another top moment for vicky when he was so mortified when the the woohoos, the walking in with a twenty four pack of beer, the the keg stand with his roommates, just <laughs> those early seasons where Vicky was just terrorizing her children really have a special place in my heart. Particularly the time where Vicky buys uh, Brianna a BMW. She had maybe like just graduated from high school and was like oh i just bought you this vmw you're gonna have to pay the monthly payments and the insurance on it like what <laughs> that's not a gift <laughs> like it's one thing to have an agreement with your child hey i'll buy the car you're gonna pay the payments but it's another thing to surprise your child with a luxury vehicle and then tell them that they're strapped with like the 500 hundred dollar monthly payment and the insurance for this brand new car and she's a brand new driver like you just put your daughter in debt for at least a thousand dollars a month <laughs> happy graduation girl Jill says her favorite moment was the Morocco trip, which I'm going to do another little sidebar on. I know that Scary Island is the Real Housewives of New York iconic girls trip. 
for me, it's always been Morocco. Like, you guys go back and watch those Morocco episodes. Luann, Countess Luann Deliceps is her finest. You've n- the, My favorite time with Luann is when she's in Morocco because she's like the perfect housewife for me. She's equal parts hilarious, horrible, snotty, wealthy, and fabulous. And I could, how could you ask for anything more? Like literally you guys go back and watch those Morocco episodes and tell me I'm lying. Tell me it's, it's so iconic. The, the stomping, she came down in her Harmon Munster shoes. Alex is red faced and angry. She's screaming. She's got a little wrap around her shoulder, just screaming around that little uh, mansion that they were staying in. Just incredible, incredible work. The look the look that Luann gave to uh, a drunk Sonia and Ramona because they came down to dinner late. And she's like, excuse me, this is not like the Palace Hotel. This is a Riyadh or whatever she said. <laughs> uh, great moments. Phaedra's favorite moments were her kids being born on television, which I didn't even realize that they were both born on TV. Uh those are like our, all our America's sons. Okay. America's sons. Frankly, Mr. President can probably do a better job than the current one we've got, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so Vicky and Dorinda have a sit down conversation at the winery and Dorinda says she's really come to realize that she was being too sensitive. Basically what it came down to is that Dorinda was seeing Vicky be a complete sad sack and Debbie Downer and she was taking it personally not realizing that Vicky had just that you know healed from COVID and had literally been dumped by her boyfriend 24 hours before getting to uh the Berkshires so she's like you know I'm so sorry like I made that about me and I really shouldn't have and I think that I also like see you as this beautiful strong woman who should have her choice of any man in the world and yet here you are like you know, I'm angry with you being so sad about Steve because I feel like you could do a lot better. And all of those things I I actually pretty much understand. So Vicky was like, yeah, I'm just not like a person who can act happy when I'm not. And I just wasn't going to do it. Dorinda's like, I totally get it. And I'm really sorry. Then everybody goes down. They go back to the house. They get dressed for Christmas, their Christmas in September dinner. Uh, Phaedra comes down looking like, like a Mrs. Claus collaboration for Gucci. And I mean, no shade about that. It looked, it was a lot, it was a lot of look, but I appreciated it. (laughs) Brandy is wearing a, you know, just silver sequin dress. If you can call it that. Maybe it's a dress for a child. I'm not sure if she got that at the limited two. I don't know if she went to like the petite section. Maybe she accidentally clicked petite on the website that she ordered it from. But baby, baby girl. <laughs> like not even trying to hide uh, her labia. Not the menorah or the majora, frankly. Um, the the panties barely doing anything okay so the ladies are like okay brandy um have you ever worn this dress in public have have people seen it because i feel like if they have uh they probably would have reacted (laughs) similar to us so brandy then says first of all i haven't really been out but secondly this was the dress 
that I was going to wear to the reunion, the season that she came back with all those Denise allegations. But she tells us that on the day of the reunion, they called her that morning and cut her out. So she had to just wear it with a, on a, on a watch what happens live appearance with Z-Way. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Now we're getting into the Brandy and Denise of it all with a special guest of one Tamara Waddle Barney. No, Waddle Leith Barney Judge. Okay. Um, so I love using a woman's all of her old names. I love it. I don't know why it's <laughs> I'm not really trying to be shady, but I'll recognize that it is. I love it. It's so funny to me. Um, so Brandy says that like even after all this time, she's still kind of like upset about how things went with Brandy, not with the whole stuff that we saw on TV. Like she means between them. Cause she felt like Denise just kind of hit it and quit it with her. And she was like kind of down to continue, even though she's with that like weirdo muscle man who thinks that the government's after him. Um, she was still like down to clown and, and Denise just kind of dropped her. So then Phaedra says in a confessional, She's learning a lot about Denise, like way more than she even wanted to know. And she's like, I don't, what should we call this? Like Denise gate, taco gate. I don't know. So then Tamara reveals to the ladies that she's known Denise for about 10 years now. And that she, after all this stuff happened with Brandy, Denise called Tamara to get some advice. So Denise calls Tamara. She explains the situation that happened with Brandy and the ladies on the show. And Tamara's like, well, basically, if it didn't happen, then just say it didn't happen. Like, fighting it is just going to make you look more guilty, right? And so Tamara says, I asked Denise flat out, did she do it? Denise swore up and down that she did not, that Brandy was lying. And so Vicky goes to Tamara and says, well, who do you believe out of Denise or Brandy? Which I kind of feel like maybe Vicky and Tamara had this conversation prior (laughs) to them either coming to the house or they were just waiting. I feel like they knew Denise was going to come up. And I feel like Vicky kind of lobbed that over to to Tamara. So we get a little bit of a mistake and Tamara's like, I definitely believe that Denise 
like it didn't happen but then she starts talking about how like reasons why she feels like brandy was telling the truth and everybody's like wait so do you who which one do you believe (laughs) so she's like oh my bad like i meant to say i genuinely believe brandy um so taylor's like okay interesting because even though you have this long history with denise why is it that you still believe brandy a person that you don't even know or didn't know until now and so tamra's like i love when tamra pretends like she doesn't want to say something but she's like it's too late now (laughs) i love it um so she's like well something happened at BravoCon. And then Tamara looks over at Vicky and Vicky just puts her hands up like it's above me now. I'm not, my name's Bennett and I'm not in it. Okay. So then Tamara reveals that while they were in New York for BravoCon, Denise hit on her, like <laughs> trying to hit her up, repeatedly asking her to come back to her hotel room. There's a big bar at the bottom of the screen, bright pink, all asterisks. It says sources close to Denise deny this. <laughs> And I love that. So then Tamara says that, like I said, Denise sent her a bunch of text messages, but Tamara's like, I'm married. Okay. (laughs) But then Tamara says in a confessional, Denise is like a really sexual being. And, you know, had I not been married, I probably would have taken her up on that. And here's another thing that I would like to uh, get into. The bisexual butterfly of it all in housewives because i feel like there have been mentions of it from tamra portia sonia probably other people that i'm not thinking of i like candy's the only person who will admit to hooking up with women but she does not admit to being bisexual none of them will say you know with that like barbara k Um, I mean, there have obviously been bisexual housewives on the show, but I feel like there have been a lot of women admitting to having attraction for women and wanting to hook up with them, but not quite saying that they're bisexual. And I would just like some of those women to just stand up and let us know. I mean, I'm not going to force you out of the closet because y'all already said it, but I just feel like we're not mentioning it all. So then the ladies decide to go around and talk starting with brandy um tell us who out of the room that you would most like to have sex with so in this order brandy's picks were phaedra then eva then tamra then dorinda and then she looks at vicky and says i want to teach you how to learn how to use a vibrator okay and and i frank lady too the lady needs to calm down calm down um (laughs) so then tamra goes and she says that her choice would be eva jill no, her choice would just be Eva. Nobody's picking Jill or uh, Taylor, so they decide to hug each other in solidarity of, you know, being the last kids picked for for dodgeball. Phaedra is noticing that these women are picking the black ones first, and, you know, she says something that I can't disagree with, but just, you know, they like the chocolate. Can't disagree. Brandy tries to get Vicky to participate on who she would pick, but this is a shit that I'm talking about. Vicky's like, oh no, I just love Dick, blah, blah, blah. I, I can't do this. I can't answer this hypothetical question because I am so straight. I can't possibly, in my mind, wrap ar- my head around uh, possibly hooking up. Like, shut up. That's so lame. <laughs> it's a game, girl. Just answer. Nobody's asking you to, okay? Like, nobody's asking you to do that. <laughs> Just answer the fucking question. So Vicky, I think she picked Brandy. Um, 
Yeah. She's like, you know, I just feel like you could help me. You know, I, I'm so prude. I don't know anything. <sighs> like, yes, you do, Vicky. That Vicky's probably the biggest sled of all of them. Okay, let's be real. Well, maybe not because she hadn't had sex in 13 months. But, you know, theoretically, theoretically speaking, especially when she was with uh, Girth. So, like, I, I just hate that, like, I'm too straight to play a hypothetical game. Girl, shut up. <laughs> Lame. And also, I feel like with Vicky, it's like a little doth protest too much. Like, are you curious? And you're just like, oh, I, I can't. I, I don't want to do it. Like, you know, kind of like Tamara giving the advice to Denise. Like, the more you fight this, the more it kind of seems like you want it. Okay? Like, I want for Vicky to have somebody who wants to give her orgasms and also is not interested in, like living off of her insurance money and maybe a woman would be the exact person to do that for her anyway um they all sit down for dinner and brandy points out that jill's been rather quiet lately and <laughs> jill says <laughs> in a confessional that it's because she's upset because nobody wanted to have sex with her <laughs> i love that um so taylor decides to talk about brandy again much to everybody's chagrin they're like i don't want to hear this but she basically just says, you know, now that I have a voice, I just have realized that I don't care. Like, if I don't care about a person, then they can't really get to me. The point of her being like, I came into the situation thinking that Brandy could not possibly hurt me because I didn't think that I cared about her. But she's been getting to me. She's been affecting. And that means to me that there must be something inside of me that really has a soft spot for Brandy. So... I hope that we can, you know, find a friendship somewhere in there. So then Brandy and Vicky have their own conversation. And Brandy is just like, I just really want you to let your guard down a little bit. We can relate to each other. We're both single moms. We both don't want to grow old alone. And, you know, I just think that maybe you should just let me get in there. Vicky, just let me get in there a little bit. And then she opens her um, hands in a way that, like, she wasn't talking about her heart, okay? She wasn't talking about getting down deep into um, Vicky's heart, unless her heart is much lower in her body than everybody else's, okay? Now that I think about it more, Vicky and Brandy might be perfect for each other. Are they soulmates? Are they sisters? Are they soulmates? <laughs> Let's, like, really workshop through this. They're both single mothers. They love their children. They work hard. Vicky, you know, kind of loves a little bit of a project, and she can certainly find that in Brandy. And I think Brandy would like, you know, knock some walls down, so to speak, literally and sexually. And I think it, all of us would be better off for it. I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm kind of not into it, but like, you know, I'm, I'm into the concept of it. Vicky tries to tell Brandy that maybe they can just be friends without the other stuff. But, you know, think about it, Vicky, really. I actually heard that she might be with a new man. And I heard that that man is hot. So congrats, girl. Um, the ladies play White Elephant. Um, you know, at this point, Brandy's really on a tear. She's trying to have sex with anybody. Just real bust it down, Tatiana, right? So she, <laughs> they're playing White Elephant. She picks her gift and it's what Taylor brought, which is a body cream. And to thank Taylor for the body cream, um, they really made out. Like, well, they didn't make out, but it was a kiss with tongue for sure. There were open mouths and I saw the tongues moving and everybody's like, how did we get here? <laughs> What's happening? Um, 
what else really happened in the episode? Not really much. Uh, Eva, <laughs> Eva says that if Brandy doesn't calm down, somebody's going to get pregnant tonight. And I think she's right. Um, Brandy decides to go around and get everybody a lap dance. Vicky's screaming that she doesn't want one because I'm a professional businesswoman. I'm professional. <laughs> okay. Why are you on Housewives then, girl? Okay. Um, that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I think we might be on our last episode this week. So might be our last time with our girls. Uh...